When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, and welcome to Unladylike. I'm Caroline. Are you? Oh my god. <laughs> Finally, she did it too. <laughs> I have looked you dead in the eyes before and said, I'm Kristen. I'm Lady Hey, y'all, and welcome to Unladylike. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. Caroline, I am holding in my hands Mm -hmm. a chilled (laughs) bottle of champagne, Mm -hmm. Scharfenberger (laughs) brand champagne that you and I have had Mm -hmm. since 2018 Mm -hmm. because this is the bottle of champagne that our network Stitcher Mm -hmm. sent us to congratulate us on the launch of Unladylike. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're finally opening it. We're finally popping that bottle. We never drank it. No. And I mean, part of that has to do with the fact that, like, you know, when you're recording and trying to be on your toes, you don't want to also be drunk. I I know I don't speak for all podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also, I still remember when... This bottle, this gift came in the mail for us, and it was so thoughtful mm-hmm. and nice. And But the first thing I thought was like, oh, my God, I don't have time to drink champagne. <laughs> we are just going to put this in the studio. Um, now, we have a few reasons we are popping the champagne today. And the first is because, Caroline, you closed on a house yesterday. I did, You yes. are a homeowner. Jesus, wow. Yeah. How does it feel? Um, wild. Do you know the feeling where you've like passed through stress and anxiety and you're just like floating around in space in like, I don't know how I feel. I've been stressed for so long. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm there. I think I also had too much melatonin last night. So I'm <laughs> feeling, um, it's a little shocking and, and I'm in a little bit of disbelief. Right. But let's, let's go ahead and pop this bottle. I have no idea how it's going to taste. Well, it's um, from the, the fine Schaffenberger. The, Scha- the Schaffenberger Vineyard. Vineyard. And I'm holding it close to the mic, trying to get a little ASMR oh. action, you know. So mm-hmm. we got a little some crinkles. Honestly, my um, th- my champagne opening <laughs> etiquette, all of it I learned from the Bravo reality show Below Deck. Oh. So by that I mean I probably learned nothing. <laughs> At least I'm um, wearing glasses today. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try to actually pop it. Okay. I also have a dog in my lap. Intern Brewster is in my lap. This could be a disaster. Oh, here we go. (laughs) It worked. You did. You got a nice, like, that was a great, I hope the mic picked up the sound of it ricocheting off your ceiling. No one lost an eye. Okay. (laughs) Cheers.
Yeah, it tastes like champagne. Yeah, not bad. All right, Schaffenberger. Schaffenberger, it's shelf life holds. Yeah. Um, the second reason to pop this bottle of champagne is that you have an announcement to make. I do. Sometimes when two podcasters love each other very much, they become work wives. And sometimes, even though they still love each other very much, they go in different directions. Y'all, I'm leaving unladylike. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will still be very geographically close to Kristen, emotionally close to Kristen. <laughs> um, I just won't be um, in business with Kristen. Yeah, we are consciously uncoupling. <laughs> we are. As work wives, we've been podcasting together for over 10 years now. Yeah. And we have been official work wives, business partners mm-hmm. for, what, since January 2017? Mm-hmm. Five years. Five years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And because rule of threes, there is a third reason yeah. we are popping this champagne, uh, which, again, gifted to us by Stitcher, um, <laughs> unladylike is not not as consciously uncoupling <laughs> from our network, uh, Stitcher slash SiriusXM, chose to part ways with Unladylike. Yeah. Because of all this, there will be a brief hiatus in the Unladylike main feed. But y'all, I fully plan to continue the show once all of that is ironed out. And also in the meantime, Patreon is going to keep on going. So if you want to keep Unladylike in your ears and join me on the next phase of this journey, head over to patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. And um, your support is... uh, I'm going to go ahead and say crucial. (laughs) Crucial. It's crucial, y'all. And since this is obviously a lot of news for unladies to take in, we are going to start the episode by catching everyone up on what's happening and why. And later, we are going to take a little trip down podcasting memory (laughs) lane to take stock of everything that Caroline and I have done together over the past decade. Everything. And also just be transparent with our wonderful unladies about everything going on. Yeah. Y'all have trusted us with your stories, and now we're trusting y'all with ours. All right, Caroline. What do you want unladies to know about this decision? Like, tell everyone what's going on. Yeah. So as far as professionally, Kristen is spot on that this is a conscious uncoupling. We have been in communication. Um, I didn't tell her yesterday <laughs> that I am leaving. And if if you had, we wouldn't be recording this episode. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We would not have had time to prepare. The champagne would not have had time to chill. Um, and then as far as what I want listeners to know, like, personally about this decision, it was just that it it felt like the right time in my life. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. um, I had been doing a lot of thinking about my future, basically. This line of thinking started back when I was living with roommates. 
my life felt pretty chaotic. And when I looked down the line at what I wanted personally, it felt like I needed a lot more stability. And a lot of stability is, is definitely code for money, for sure. I wanted to be more financially secure. And I think I was ready also, though, like in a non, from a non-financial standpoint, I felt ready to put a focus on things that were more personal. So like professional growth, financial growth changes there. But also, I felt ready in it, and I do feel ready to have a job that is, I don't know, like less tied in with my life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, that reminds me of one of the pivotal conversations that we had in 2021 I still I still remember because it was it was the same week as the uh the capital insurrection. Mm-hmm. I had covid. Um you were in a in a really tough place and the world was just like spinning out of control as it still feels like it is. And you and I were having a kind of a look ahead meeting as as business partners, because that's the thing. Yes, we host this podcast, but this podcast has also been our attempted livelihood uh, for the past five years. And that has not been easy. And it has gotten increasingly harder, to be completely honest with Mm -hmm. y'all. And the question that I asked you was, do you want to run a business or do you want to work for a business? Mm -hmm. And in the conversations that followed, and what you communicated back to me, that was a a turning point question for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that that put, that put words to sort of the nebulous thoughts that I was having in terms of like, what do you want for your life, for your work life, for your personal life? And... I, like, distinctly remember the moment when it became clear. Uh, I was sitting on my front porch at my apartment at the time, and I was just still not in a great mental space. And for a lot of reasons, many of them personal, and I just, I realized, like, no, I, I think going forward, I think that that's exactly it, is that... I want to, not that I'm so desperate to work for someone else, you know, but just the idea of I am I am ready to clock in, clock out, go out into my garden. You want your life back. Yeah. You know, I I got really used to when you and I started working together, having like two jobs because... When I started podcasting with Kristen, I think a lot of y'all might already know this. I was a contractor for How Stuff Works, which is now iHeart Podcasts, um, and I had to have a day job as well. And so, like, there is a certain sense of, like, I don't know who I am. Like, who am I when I'm not working? Mm -hmm. And, like, do I have hobbies? And just to be clear, that contract phase in How Stuff Works, that's pre Unlady oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This that was that was many, many years ago. 
And so I think there was something about like getting used to hiding in work for me personally. I have reached a point where I would like to know myself more, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask if you feel comfortable sharing, what do you feel like you were hiding from? Hiding from, I don't know, like having to flesh out my own personality. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, and I, I don't, that's, I don't mean that to be self, I don't think I don't have a personality <laughs> or whatever, but it, I, I'm also, just so we're clear, not blaming any of this on unladylike the business or Kristen Conger the person this is purely like how I operate how I have operated like professionally I have a tendency to like overwork find excuses to not do things to not see people to not go places and then when I'm done with work instead of being like I don't know find something enriching that makes you feel healthy and happy I'm like, well, I guess I'll just, like, make dinner and sit on the couch and go to bed and rinse and repeat. Um, And I'm not saying that, like, a nine-to-five is the solution to that. But I am saying that as part of my desire to, like, figure out who I am when I'm not part of unladylike, etc., I don't know. I, I wanted to free up some some brain space. Yeah. I also feel you very much in terms of like we have been CNC, mm-hmm. a unit mm-hmm. for a really long time. And I think that it's as much of an important team that's been and duo that's been um, just speaking for myself, both personally and professionally. It also feels like the right time for us to transition ahead as Kristen, period, and Caroline, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that, at least for myself, um, and at least <laughs> what, what I've been telling my therapist, uh, the changes ahead that that I want for myself and for my work, I think it's, it's necessary for me to, to also confront the things that maybe I'd been hiding from to some extent by having a partner, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, it, rather than just putting myself 100% fully out there and it's just me. Yeah. How does how does that feel? It's scary. I mean, it's really fucking scary, partly because it's totally uncertain. And this feels like the next phase of confronting my vulnerabilities and fears of failure and fear of rejection um, in a deeper way because it's it will be just me. And I, I say that, you know, in, just in terms of like the podcast, like it's not not that I was sitting here being like, well, Caroline, blah, blah, blah. Does any of this make sense? Yeah. But I'm curious, though, how it feels. So I know I I'm very familiar with financial anxiety. Um, And you and I have talked a little bit about the anxiety business-wise of moving forward after I leave. But I'm very curious how you're feeling creatively as you're, like, looking down the barrel of going it alone. 
how do you, how do you feel about the things that you have created will create like doing that just like as unladylike media well i have asked and keep asking uh, people in my life whom i trust whether i am crazy to not be following your lead and looking for a 9 to 5 mm. because the business side, the financial side of podcasting is, y'all, it is just, it is a totally different landscape than mm-hmm. it was five years ago when we started on Ladylike. And certainly, fuck, I started podcasting in 2009. Um, mm-hmm. And people just thought I was a blogger, really didn't understand what a podcast <laughs> was. So things have just, the landscape has just changed dramatically and um i ultimately like the thing that is in my my heart is to make shit that matters to people mm-hmm. and make the kind of stuff that in the ways that we hear back from unladies all the time and that keeps me going, make the things that help people feel less alone, help explain a little bit like why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And obviously all of that through the lens of gender, because that's (laughs) that's my bag. Oh, and as far as how I'm feeling creatively, I mean, Mm -hmm. if I if I could separate the I feel like the creative feelings are much different than like my practical brain Mm -hmm. because my practical brain is like oh my god but where's the money gonna come from how are you gonna pay like your mortgage Mm etc but my creative brain when it forgets about that that side of things is really excited because there are there's so much that I still there's so much that I still want to make and Mm -hmm. things that I um have been maybe scared to make and it's like well all the chips are being pushed in the middle of the table. So mm-hmm. let's find out. Yeah. I know that your creativity is is just incredible. You're one of the most talented people I have ever met. Um, and so money concerns aside, if if we are talking about creativity, you know, I know you will do incredible things thank you well i i also want to know from you caroline looking ahead are you going to be podcasting no are you going to be doing anything in audio no i highly doubt it um if i do it will be very personal so in terms of taking equipment and going to family members Mm. you know it would it would not be a thing that I would create to sell, basically. And I also, I you know, like as part of like what I said about who am I? Like I need to get to know myself again. Part of that is also like what would I would I create anything if I were just alone? Like literally and figuratively, just like if I didn't have anyone expecting anything, can I create something? You know, and that goes for writing, that goes for audio, whatever, like, but no, 
Short story long, I don't have any, like, audio aspirations. I I would like to just be able to at least put pen to paper personally again for myself for the first time in a really long time. Um, One last question for you, Caroline, before we head to a break. What is next for you professionally? Um, TBD, freelancing for the time being. Um, but in terms of like looking at the type of nine to five landscape that I'm investigating, so like communications, marketing, uh, senior writer, things like that, um, those are the types of jobs that I am looking at and I'm sort of freelancing to fill in some resume gaps in order to, to get there. Short story long, yeah, I'm... Looking for something in the communication sphere where I can get back to some nine to five word nerdery and, you know, have someone give me benefits in the <laughs> 401k. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to rewind back to the very beginning of our podcasting story together. We're back. And Caroline, we wanted to look back on our decade plus of podcasting together. So let's start at the very beginning. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, Caroline. Thank you. This is the official uh, first episode featuring the new co-host um as many of you listeners probably know molly has decided to um pursue more writing with howstuffworks.com and that opened up a seat at the podcasting table and i am so excited to have caroline another inquisitive well-spoken funny lady (laughs) to speak with me Wow, thanks, Kristen. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, you and I go way back, actually. We do. All the way back. <laughs> Babies. Uh, yeah, that was our first ever recorded CNC podcast factory <laughs> session of Stuff Mom Never Told You back in 2011. 2011. I sound like I'm 12. Yeah, I love it. It sounds so polite. <laughs> Hello. Hello and welcome. And I am an inquisitive, well-spoken, funny lady. I know. I really hope that you put that on your resume. Yeah. As the, the like, about me. <laughs> well, now I will, actually. Now I will. Um, And it's funny to listen back to your combined intro of me and explanation of your previous co-host <laughs> leaving, because this would cue... Like, two solid years of people emailing us to ask where Molly had gone. Right. And this will probably cue two solid years of people asking me where Caroline has gone. Just do my voice. I know you can do it. Well, unfortunately, fortunately, I will have this episode that I will, you know, I can just set up an auto-reply yeah. with a link to this episode. Um, but that is wild to think about. That episode, though, y'all, our very first 
podcast episode together was on Stuff Mom Never Told You, which I co-created and launched with How Stuff Works, which is now iHeart Podcast. Mm -hmm. Back in 2009, our first episode together in 2011 was on rebounds Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty sure you and I were both single. (laughs) Maybe doing a little rebounding. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Fun. And you and I continued hosting Stuff Mom Never Told You through the end of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, (laughs) the election happened. You and I recorded like a tearful response to it. Yeah. Uh, We wrapped up Stuff Mom Never Told You. Well, we passed the mic along. Yeah. Stuff Mom Never Told You is still very much alive and well. Yeah. We wrapped up our time on Stuff Mom Never Told You, and they've gone through some co-hosting changes and now are hosted by our dear friends Annie and Samantha. Yes. So it it, it feels like it's still in the family. <laughs> yeah, we love Annie and Samantha. But Caroline, we got to talk about C&C. <laughs> Let's take a moment, rewind back to when we started working together. What was going on in your life at the time? Oh, man. Well, I I was looking for meaningful work. I can tell you that much. I had left a newspaper job. I was working at a nonprofit. You and I reconnected, which was amazing. And while I was working at that nonprofit, you reached out and asked if I wanted to basically slide into the co-host seat with you at Stuff Mom Never Told You. And I was so excited because basically it just meant getting to talk to my friend all the time and like getting paid for it. And I was a contractor at the time for How Stuff Works. I ended up after that getting like a second day job. And it just really got to a point where I still wanted that meaningful work, but I really wanted that meaningful work to be working with you at Stuff I've Never Told You and How Stuff Works full time. So basically, uh, one day I emailed your boss at How Stuff Works, and I basically said, "Hi, uh, so you're going to hire me full time?" Uh, and he was surprised to learn that he was. Um, and I laid out the terms and the timeline. And uh, fast forward in October of 2014, I came on board full time with you at How Stuff Works and was able to become a full time podcaster on the condition that I also was an editor for the educational website side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like keep it, you know, keeping my thing of having two jobs. <laughs> Just that's how I operated for many, many years. I still distinctly remember um, I was in the farmer's market, probably bagging up some kale when you texted me to tell me like, hey, I just informed, you know, the boss that he will be hiring me full time. Uh, Love that memory. Yeah, I mean, some people might call that pushy. Uh, I call it assertive and past its time. (laughs) I would call that unladylike. Yeah. Um, but where like where were you? I mean, I know literally like you were at How Stuff Works podcasting and writing, but like where were you professionally at that time? Like emotionally? Like how were you feeling about your job at the time? So at the time I was in my mid-20s. 
And oh my God, were we ever so young? I know. And personally, I was I was a hot mess in just a lot of different ways. And professionally, I was bound and determined to make stuff mom never told you matter to the the powers that mm. that were at the mm-hmm. time. Um so basically like our our bosses um you know trying to to constantly convince people that yes talking about women and gender this is not a niche thing and there is value in these conversations and please for the love of god pay me as much as the men at this workplace, y'all, that never happened. Side note, um, <laughs> and I became a squeaky wheel that I, I needed to be. I definitely became much more assertive uh, the longer I stayed on there. I know, and that included wearing high heels to intimidate the boss. He was so easily intimidated. I did, y'all. If I wore heels, I would uh, be significantly taller than our boss at the time. And, uh, you know, it <laughs> at least made me feel more powerful. I love a good power play. Even though, again, <laughs> see, also wage gap. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Overall, I would... I would say that that whole that whole period of time I was with that company for upwards of eight years. It was it was my feminist awakening, mm-hmm. and I I really had to fight tooth and nail for myself and for w- what my what my values were and what I thought what I thought mattered for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful that. That I had the the place to be able to do that. Um, and in 2016, I'd finally reached a point where I'd fully realized the scope of um, what the limitations were in that job at the time. And also just being just being tired of being kind of taken for granted in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, um, especially monetarily. So in October of 2016, it was my, I I like officially left the job, but finished out the year podcasting Mm -hmm. stuff. I've never told Mm -hmm. you with you. And Mm -hmm. then 2017, it was off to the races to start Unladylike, which meant us launching a new podcast, which took much longer than we expected, and also writing a book, our book, which was much harder than expected. And it was, and I got married all during that time. Like 2016, everything, everything happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been an era. Well, you talked about your feminist awakening. I mean, I am really curious because my answer is like, oh my God, a lot. But I am curious, how has podcasting through Stuff Mom Never Told You and Unladylike changed you? It's allowed me to find my voice. Mm-hmm. More importantly, though, and it is the thing that I come back to again and again when I am feeling anxious and frustrated and hopeless it's hearing back from the audience mm-hmm. and listeners who have taken the time to share their stories 
and their experiences and insights and secrets mm-hmm. with us over the years. That is honestly more than being on the mic. That is probably the thing that's changed me the most because it's cultivated empathy and broadened my understanding of the world. And I mean, it's and also given me <laughs> it's it's just it's just radically changed my perspective because mm-hmm. it's it's one thing you and I research nerds. It's one thing to read studies mm-hmm. and read all of the reporting and articles about things. And mm-hmm. it's another thing to to actually hear from a person wildly removed from your day-to-day life mm-hmm. and step into their shoes for oh, a minute. Yeah. I feel the same. So somebody on Twitter, this was a couple months ago, posted something where they basically said, if you hadn't taken the career path that you've taken, like, who would you be? How would you be different? What would you be doing? My answer was a glib, like, I'd probably be an alcoholic copy editor, just miserable, you know, in a newsroom. I might never have left. I Whatever. But, like, the the deeper answer, I think... Um, is that I would have probably, (laughs) I'm not projecting this onto anyone else. This is purely personal. I think I would be a worse person. Hmm. Um, I think I would be less empathetic. I think podcasting with you, with the communities that we've built, reading what we've read, talking to whom whomst we've talked to, it has made me and kept me more curious, <laughs> more empathetic, yeah. um, more aware of injustices, the ways that people are marginalized, and especially the fact that I don't know everything. And I would be foolish to try to, you know, be some loudmouth expert the way that just, you know, so many people are online or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it it keeps me, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that the, curio- the feminism, but the curiosity, I think, has been the most valuable part, the curiosity and empathy. How has your definition of dream job changed in the past Five years. For me, I don't think that there's any such thing. I know that that one can have a job where, like, everything goes so well. You know, you're making a lot of money. You have great benefits. You like your coworkers. You know, like, you like your actual work. And that that sounds like a dream. But something that I've also started to realize as I've gotten older is, like— For me personally, again, caveat, like for me personally, there is no such thing as a dream job. There's always going to be (laughs) some sort of like hitch. And um, a dream job for me would be this. This is as close to a dream job as I think I could get. But it's not fully right because I don't feel like I can fully support myself Mm -hmm. and so the dream is everything we just talked about in terms of like the impact we've had 
but also the impact that has been made on us by our audience and like getting to research and talk to you for a living like fucking yeah um getting to be a feminist and say fuck into the microphone and you know that is a dream but again short story long i have changed in terms of believing that there really is such a thing as a dream job and just thinking that there there are jobs mm-hmm. that you can enjoy parts of or like better than others or support you better than not or whatever but um dream job i have i now feel more about the word dream job like i do about soulmate like i don't really believe that in soulmates i believe that the one is who you choose and work to continue choosing and make it work with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i feel similar to with the idea of a dream job but what about you (laughs) Honestly, I think the biggest thing that's changed for me is that um, doing your dream job doesn't equate being your dream person, your dream self, or your Mm -hmm. dream life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in my experience doing my dream job, because this is, despite the difficulties, this is still my dream job. And it has required and will continue to require deep personal work. Mm -hmm. As we've talked about um, regarding Unladylike the book, Mm -hmm. writing a book was my childhood dream. And it turns out, in my experience with that, it was a a shock to discover that... um, Doing the thing that you've dreamed of and that you've worked so hard for, it can bring up just all of the, all of your personal insecurities Mm -hmm. and shortcomings along with that. Sure, yeah. It involves a lot of vulnerability and, you know. So I think what I'm saying is um, if to, for, for myself, in order to maintain my dream job. I need a dream therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Here, here. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our senior producer, Nora, has a game for us. And we ask each other a couple more questions. We're back, and we're joined by Unladylike senior producer Nora Ritchie. Hi, Nora. Hi, Kristen and Caroline. I'm so honored to be here. Well, we're so happy you're here, too. Now, y'all, you've heard Nora's name before. She has been our senior producer for several years, and that means that she has also been present for many of our hilarious Unladylike games. And now, Nora, (laughs) we hear that you are bringing us a game. Yes, yes, finally, I have a game. Um, so it's called Who's That Unlady? And here's how it works. Um, I'm going to play a short clip from an old Unladylike episode. And you have to tell me what Unladylike guest is talking. So a bit of a walk down memory lane here. Mm. All right, let's do it. Okay, all right, first up. 
When you bouncing, you are working it out. You are twerking, shaking, wiggling, wobbling, Peter panning, hustling. You are working it out, girlfriend. Yes, Big Frida. Yes, that's totally Big Frida. Uh, one of my one of my all-time favorite episodes. Okay, here's the next one. I have no idea how to like meet a man. So I'm on these awful, awful dating apps. I know this one. I know this one. Bing, 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 bing. She just co-hosted the Critics' Choice Awards, Caroline. Oh, Nicole Byer? Yes. Oh, my God, her voice. All right. I was like, <laughs> I wonder, I'm going to blame this on the earbuds. Well, I also know because I, I support her Patreon, 90 mm-hmm. Day Bay, her mm-hmm. uh, 90 Day Fiance recap podcast. <laughs> what a great interview. She yeah. was she was so much fun. Oh my god, I'm, one of yeah. my favorite interviews for sure. Love her. I listened as a fan because that was before I worked on the show. So, oh. yeah, for my time. Um, okay, here is another one of my favorites. Scientists tend to define happiness in two ways. They think of happiness as having joy in your life oh, and having um, joy with your life. Uh, is that Dr. Lori Santos? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In our Ask Unladylike episode on happiness versus toxic positivity, uh, that one was a huge hit with y'all out there. And I'm not surprised because I feel like toxic positivity is a, <laughs> is a huge conversation point these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, we have a bit of an icon, I would say. I go to this meeting with my passion and <laughs> notes and ideas and thoughts about why I... Oh, yes, it, it is our princess, right? Our princess for manifesting. Nope. No? Wait, will you play it again? I go to this meeting with my passion and <laughs> notes and ideas and thoughts about why I absolutely have to play Louise in this movie. Oh, Gina, Gina Davis! Davis! Yes! <laughs> I was hearing an accent. I was too. So funny. I was too. I was like, did we talk to Anna Delvey? And I just (laughs) forgot about it. Um, Oh my God, Gina Davis highlight. So, my boyfriend at the time had bought us Lizzo tickets for the day that you and I were supposed to fly. We had like a turnaround. We were supposed to fly into Arkansas to interview icon Gina Davis at the Bentonville Film Festival. And I was like, oh, two icons, Uh. one of whom I would just see perform and one of whom I would actually talk to on stage in person. And it was kind of a no brainer um, to get to go talk to Gina Davis. Oh, my God. She put me at such ease. She's so tall and wonderful. Y'all, when I met Gina Davis and we said hello, she kindly told me I had lipstick on my teeth. (laughs) It was amazing. She was wonderful. What a kind and smart lady. Um, Okay, I have one final. Who's that on lady? You know, we definitely went into this show with the intention of, like, kicking open the barn doors. buzz, buzz. That's Samantha B. Yes, that's Samantha B. Oh, my God. Another one of my favorite interviews. Nora, you dimed it. I love it. Like, Samantha B, she's so funny, but she's so approachable. I don't know if that's the Canadian in her, but like, God, she just, that that was one of the easiest interviews. Yeah. Because she's so kind and warm and funny, but also angry. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like all of those things together are just such a delicious combination and a guest. And obviously, I mean, she's obviously a professional. (laughs) Uh, She's very good at what she does. Yeah, that was another one of my favorites. Yeah. And she has you know, when she's not doing her show, she has a very calm interview voice. So I found her to be very relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really does. Enough too. Um, 
Well, Kristen and Caroline, that was Who's That on Lady. Thank you for playing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for such a wonderful game. That was fun. I love a trip down memory lane, especially one that involves Big Frida. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I just want to say, this is our last episode together. And I'm going to really miss working with both of you. Um, It's been, honestly, such a pleasure. You both have such integrity, such creativity, um, such drive to make this show. And I don't know. I just want to say that I'm going to really miss you all. And um, yeah, so I'm not big on goodbyes, but that's what I have to say. (laughs) Well, nor we're going to miss you too. And I, I, I hope that we will see each other again sometime in New York, perhaps, or maybe in Atlanta if you make your way down here. (laughs) But um, basically, like, right back at you. It's been so fun working together. And um, thank you for all of your patience (laughs) and your determination (laughs) um, and uh, dealing Dealing with me even on my, you know, on, on my on my tougher days as well as my uh, hopefully not so tough days. <laughs> yeah, no, truly same. I have to echo that. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your warmth. You have the most, like, generous spirit. And um, you have really helped. You have really helped shepherd this show. Yeah. And... Um, I just I I appreciate your brains and your brawn when it <laughs> when it comes to helping us steer unladylike. Um, so thank you, thank you so much. Thank you both. That means a lot. <laughs> All right, Caroline. We have just a couple more questions that we need to ask each other before you say goodbye. So. What are you most proud of in what we've accomplished together? Oh my god. How do I, <laughs> How do you narrow it down? Like so it's a it's a it's a mix for me of the of the personal and the professional. So number 1 I'm incredibly proud of the community that we have built. You know this goes back to an earlier answer that you were giving about, you know, hearing from hearing from the audience. I'm I'm just incredibly proud that we've been able to we've had the freedom to create the kind of content that we have that educates and validates. I've been incredibly proud of the fact that we have never tried to be prescriptive or luxury. We have followed our curiosity as we've experienced it and as it has been triggered by our incredible audience. So I I am so proud of (laughs) that feedback loop, basically, between us and the community that we've built. And then also, I'm most proud of us as a unit for leaving How Stuff Works and going out on our own. It was hard as shit, and it's been scary as shit. Um... But you and I didn't want to keep creating content for someone else. We didn't want to keep creating content with limits. 
and caps on it. Um, and so, yeah, those are, if I, <laughs> if I had to narrow it down, I think those are two of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of. But what about you? I, too, am proud of us betting on ourselves and taking a big risk on ourselves. And I'm also very grateful that we didn't know how much of a a risk we were taking at the time. (laughs) And I'm proud of us doing what we set out to do with Unladylike. I went back, Caroline, the the other day and looked at our original pitch for Mm -hmm. this show. And we wanted to make a more narrative, intersectional feminist podcast. And we wanted to create a platform where we elevated more voices and told more stories that deserved telling. Um, and we've done that. And obviously, like, I, there's still a lot more that I want to do. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud of our growth as feminists who are white, but not white feminists. <laughs> well, Kristen, as I pack up my little my little tote bag and my stick and bindle and hit the road. <laughs> Do you have any advice for me? You know, I have no practical advice to give you because y'all, Caroline is w- one of the most just uh, diligent, um, timely, organized people that I know and have had the pleasure to work with. Mm. So there's nothing professionally that I would advise you. And also, like, you you are, you are already doing the thing of following what is right for you and paying attention to that and, and allowing yourself to change and grow. And... I think the main advice that I would give you, though, just as as a human person, um, is to not underestimate yourself and your little tote and <laughs> stick and bindle. You know, I, I understand fully where you're coming from when you talk about feeling an absence of creativity and a desire to figure out more like who you are and like what your personality is and all of this stuff. Um, And I just hope that you also remember that there's already so much there. (laughs) There's so much there, there. Um, You are incredibly patient and kind and, I would not be here without you, and I appreciate more than I can express the ways that you have challenged me and also held me accountable and also um, comforted me over the past five years, and I I am excited for you to take this next step. Thank you. 
Now, what advice would you give me? <laughs> I mean, similarly, I don't have like practical advice in terms of anything career wise. Um, like I said, you are the most creative, like funniest person I know in real life. Um, so I don't have any doubt that you are going to take off like a fucking rocket in whatever direction you want. In fact, I was just talking to my boyfriend the other night <laughs> about this all, you know, all of this <laughs> life moving forward. <laughs> we're buying a house together. So we're talking about jobs as well. And I was like, you know, if I had to guess, Kristen is going to take Unladylike to places that, like, I can't even imagine. Because I just, I do, I think you're going to shoot out of a cannon creatively. I have no doubt. I have complete faith in you. <laughs> um, like, you've been my soft landing place for over a decade now um when i'm freaking out <laughs> the few times i'm not freaking <laughs> out um i know that anything that i'm feeling or or have to say or any like you know anything from the 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 profound to the snarky twitter commentary i know that i have a place to come and talk to you about it because you are a fantastic human. My bit of advice overlaps with the advice you gave me. Having said all of that about your immense creativity and talent, I don't want you to undersell yourself either. And I don't want you to give away your power without someone even asking first. You have so much talent and power, and I don't want to see you give an inch. Um, you are your boss. As long as you want to be. Not to be confused with a girl boss. Right. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Um, but I just want you to remember how much power and talent you really do have and no one can take that away without your permission and don't ever don't ever apologize for being as powerful and talented as you are well thank you um i'm i'm gonna need to sew that on a pillow <laughs> so that i can <laughs> remind myself of that every day uh and the thanks don't end here because We've got a lot more people to thank. Oh, yeah. We have not created this show alone. <laughs> no, no. Um, we have our our just day-to-day unladylike team, <laughs> our little coven, um, <laughs> who I'm going to be so sad to not be slacking with all the live long day. Our fabulous senior producer, Nora Ritchie. Our story editor, Gianna Palmer, our associate producer, Michelle O'Brien, our executive producers, Daisy Rosario and Peter Clowney. Thank all of you so much um, for keeping the show going and and also just making just making us better podcasters. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget our amazing 
OG production and engineering team. Original Unladylike producer Abigail Keel, Claire Rollinson, Andy Christens, Sam Lee, Julie Subrin, Jenny Radelet, Laura Mayer, Greta Cohn. Stephanie Karayuki, Shruti Marate, who always transcribes our tape, <laughs> our original engineer, Casey Holford, and also final shout out to Chris Bannon, who was essential in getting this show originally greenlit. And wow, um, I, I, I don't want to use the old cliche of it takes a village, but I guess it takes a village. <laughs> to raise an unlady. To raise an unlady who will be unruly and... Um, Go her own way. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the support from those folks and from our unladylike community truly, truly has meant the world. Just thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Kristen, for this amazing journey. Well, you know, cheers. Cheers. Well, friends, it's just Kristen here now, and I am excited for the next era of Unladylike, and I hope that you will join me for what's to come, because, y'all, there are so many conversations we still need to have. There are so many people and unladies that we still need to hear from. The issues of the day are so pressing, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm not going to be able to get through it without... My own ladies. So, folks, like I mentioned at the very top of this episode, uh, we will likely have a brief hiatus in the main feed while I get all of the unladylike ducks in a row. But in the meantime, find me over on patreon.com slash unladylike media. Remember, there are already nearly 100 bonus episodes over there, and you can support me as we head on this next phase of the adventure at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. Thanks so much for being here, and I will talk to y'all very soon. Thank you, Kristen, for this amazing journey. You're welcome. (laughs) Imagine if that's how we ended the show. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stitcher.